my opinion, the superior Monday Night Football game. Look at me hitting the post there. Hi, everybody. Turn this down. But welcome on in to the, well, I guess sort of the Check Your Brain podcast, whether you're listening to this on my Patreon, which is just five bucks a month. If you want to subscribe, you get four podcasts per week. It's also on the Rack Me podcast, which I also co-host. I don't promote it enough, but I put it out there last week on the Patreon because it worked. Actually, two weeks, yeah, two weeks ago because I was going out of town. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I thought this was an interesting episode that I can post on my podcast as well as the Patreon, like the free podcast, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio or Alexa, Apple Podcasts, Google, everything, Spotify. I'm all over the place. and. There's been a lot going on in the month of March when it comes to football. So professional football is kind of interesting. How, remember there was a time when there was the Super Bowl, and then I guess you kind of paid attention to the Pro Bowl. It was like the Super Bowl was such a high that you needed football so bad, but you realized you didn't need it that bad. So then you you kind of got away from it, and you forgot about football for a couple of months. And then you were getting your mock draft ready in April, and And your team's drafted, and then all of a sudden you didn't hear anything until training camp in July. Well, now the NFL is a 24-7, 365 sport where you're talking about it all the time. And now the month of March, because of free agency, is massive. So in this podcast that we do with my good friends uh, hosted by Chad Zumach and um, Ken Mosca, and that I co-hosted too as well, uh, we do it every other week during the off season, but then every week during the season. And we cover the top stories that have gone on in the NFL recently. And the big one was actually happening in my old neck of the woods of Cleveland, Ohio, with the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield, the quarterback that it was taking him to the promised land at one time, but then he ended up getting hurt. And then now he's persona non grata. And now Deshaun Watson, even though he's had all, you know, two dozen allegations against him. So we get into talking about the morality of sports and sports fans and sports media. And we just kind of talk about the NFL offseason. So this is the Rack Me podcast that usually goes out this week. And I decided with permission from Chad and Ken that I can put this out for free. So here is the Rack Me slash Check Your Brain podcast for this week, the final full week of March. All right. It is the NFL offseason Rack Me podcast it's me z-man dr zumach the man in black the 2.4 gpa general studies major from kent state university rocking it with you with always is ken mosca and tony mazer gentlemen how are you i'm doing well uh dr z and um truth disclosed who gave you that nickname dr z you are the new dr z a phd in bullshit (laughs) That'd be I gave I gave Chad the Doctor Z moniker since the, the real well the original Doctor Z Zimmerman died a couple years ago so we have a new Doctor Z. I trust Doctor Z better than Doctor Fauci, but you know that's neither ah. here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, how's it going over there in Radio Land? Oh, not too bad. Just uh, enjoying myself here in uh, not so sunny Akron, Ohio, and. Uh, Looks like we have a lot to cover here on this Rack Me podcast. You know what? We've been looking forward to this. We were texting, group text. Uh, we wanted to do it early because uh, it's kind of hot. It's new. It's not just a Cleveland story. It is a national news story, and there's so many layers. 
I'm actually going to sit back and hang and get your guys' takes because I have one, but I have no idea where you – we tease it on Mondays with Mazer, and I haven't talked to Ken about it. So, Tony, you lead the charge since you have notes. Well, you both have notes. Yes. Well, first of all, Leonard Fournette, huge, huge move in the offseason. Three-year, $21 million deal with the uh, Tampa Bay – your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course. Uh, um, my Browns so, back up. So, the whole thing – this is what's interesting. So last week I was on vacation. I was down in Florida and I was rarely checking email and checking social media. I was trying to be like, you know, look, it's a vacation. I posted a couple of things on Instagram, but I really was not looking at my email and any of the news. And then what we heard on Thursday was, was it Wednesday? I think it was Thursday. Baker Mayfield of the Browns posts this long letter as a thank you to Cleveland and everything. And people are like, what What does that have anything? Does this mean he's gone? What's going on? And it, it meant to us that, okay, Baker's going to be gone. So who, who are the Browns going to get? Because we've heard about Deshaun Watson and these charges and these allegations kind of being dropped. And, you know, there's about two dozen of them. And so when you're hearing that, the Browns really didn't have a ton to offer on the surface of what they can do with trying to acquire him. And it seemed like the Saints and the Panthers were the two front runners to get to Sean Watson. Well, then all of a sudden, the next day happens, and Friday afternoon, Deshaun Watson with six picks now. Six picks, guaranteed money, $230 million. The Cleveland Browns decide, yeah, we're going to make a trade for him, and he's going to be our starting quarterback you know, suspension or not, going into the 2022 season, which means Baker Mayfield is persona non grata right now, and we'll we'll get into all of that. But that's how this all started, and it's it sparked a lot of controversy, both sports and non-sports alike, where people are talking about this huge story of somebody like Deshaun Watson, who was out of football last year because of what was going on at the Yankee Cranky Shops, the massage parlors. And he didn't play last year, and he got paid. So people are wondering what is going on and the morality of it, the football, you know. And, and, and I, Ken, I wanted to get your thoughts and chat as well about what uh, – looking at it from obviously a football standpoint, it's a great move in the short term for the Cleveland Browns. But then when you look at it from a non-football standpoint, there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to happen that's coming from this that – we're going to need to deal with, and it's going to be, I think, a theme on this podcast, probably going up until the, you know, the regular season starts, and not just with Deshaun Watson, but the morality and getting behind a football player. And if te- if people are going like, you know what, hey, they they got a guy who's a sexual assaulter, I will not. I'm going to burn my jersey, Chad. You know about burning jerseys, and <laughs> I am all. It's it's well, yeah, Tony. <laughs> uh, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, yeah. You know, we, 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 we can talk morality. Why? And I, listen, I, I, to, to me, I, I don't care about the moral issue. That's that's his business. I, I, I don't care about that. There's a guy named Big Ben, right? In Pittsburgh there, Chad. Wasn't there a guy, Big Ben, for many years? Who, Never heard who of had him. The same, yeah, had the same, had the same issue. And he, 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 uh, he went on to have a, a, a long career, uh, you know, even after those, those charges came out. And there was um, a guy uh, in Los Angeles by the name of Bryant who had a situation that people seem to have forgot about. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and and look, and and same thing with with uh, you know Lawrence Taylor, LT, you know the arguably the greatest linebacker in the history of the NFL. He had many issues, uh, drug related, sex related during his playing days, and the Giants protected him. Uh, the great Bill Parcells protected him, 
and he was protected for for a long time. So, you know, look, you, you bring up a lot of good points there, Tony, with your opening monologue, but the morality issue, I, I couldn't care less about. I think the issue really is the football issue. And you made reference to potentially the amount of time that that Watson uh, could be suspended because all the suits are civil now. It's all it's all down. It's all down to the uh, the, the civil uh, aspects of it. Um, four weeks, six weeks. Um, Adam Schefter tweeted out, I think something like maybe eight weeks, possibly okay, 10. It's a lot. Well, okay, I didn't. I didn't hear that. There were, so well, just because the season is extended now to eighteen weeks, now it's obviously seventeen with a bye, but that right, you know right. that knocks off over half the season right there. So it's a it's a lot going into this right now. And it's a half a season of pay. The, the the Browns are not putting out in this first year of the contract. It's a big contract. It's a guaranteed contract, but under a suspension, he doesn't get paid. Correct. Uh, Even the though first, the contract is, he gets a the million the first is, year. The, the contract's fully guaranteed, right? I, I, I read that. It's yeah. fully, yes. fully guaranteed, which is amazing. All these years that NFL players, you know, were screaming for guaranteed contracts like the other sports, and now they finally have them. And 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 you, you see the, the types of players that are getting these, you know, guaranteed contracts. One, Kirk Cousins who is arguably a, a, a B, B-minus um, um, quarterback. And, and, and now Deshaun Watson, who has, you know, these, these other, you know, these other, uh, you know, issues. Uh, to me, it's about the football. It's not about the morality part of it because we could go up and down football rosters and any and other sport rosters and pick out guys whose, uh, whose morals were less than stellar. Well, Kel, I'll, I'll weigh in on this, and Tony, and you can, you can tie this all in a bow. Here's my take, uh, piggybacking off what Ken just said. That's how the NFL owners are thinking. They don't give a fuck what you do off field because you just named all those names. They got a statue of Ray, uh, fucking um, Ray what's Lewis. His name in Balt- Ray Lewis in Baltimore. Yeah. The stuff with Ray, they don't care. I mean, it is what it is. What you do on the field is what they care about. So obviously, they they look at Deshaun Watson, who I did a little little homework on. Pretty damn good fucking quarterback. It's definitely an upgrade from Baker. So there's some upside just in the football department, but you bring up the morality issue and the civil suits and all that going on. It's that's a that's a weird situation to give guaranteed money to a person of color, by the way, uh, in a, a, a quote unquote racist league. Guaranteed money. So there's that issue. Um, also, is like you said, is he going to play? Next season at all? Is he going to play half the season? He t- he just had a full season off. Will he be effective? Is he going to be well rested? So there's a lot of questions going in with that. And I think I know Cleveland. You know Cleveland. Winning cures everything. If they traded for Big Ben Roethlisberger and he was winning right out of the gate, we wouldn't give a shit anymore. That's how they think. But you know we live in a different time, a different culture, and everything that's going on and swirling around and circling around. We don't know uh, exactly how it's going to play out, but. That's a lot of balls from the Haslam's to do what they did. I mean, that was a lot of balls. That means they want to win now. Well, yeah. Well, and Jimmy Haslam, and Ken knows this very well of being a Cowboys guy, is that Jimmy Haslam is the poor man's Jerry Jones. He's Jerry Jones without the championships. He's Jerry Jones without the charisma. He's uh, In his first couple of years when he bought the team, he meddled. He was on the sidelines. He, want, he had his say. He wanted Johnny Manziel on the team no matter what. 
And you realize, like, what have you done? And he also had and Tony also had the scandal with the flying pilot Jays and the yeah the rebate his scandal. Own scandal. So he's so he had his own thing. When you talk about somebody who has a moral compass, he has none. And that's the thing is uh, when you talk about professional sports or just sports in general. So I wanted to talk about that morality in sports again because. Th- you know, normally we kind of shrug that off when it comes to Roethlisberger, but what's the difference between Ben Roethlisberger and Ray Rice? Ray Rice got basically blackballed from the game because of the video on an elevator. But Ray Rice at that point was about seven, eight years into his career, meaning for a running back, unless you're an otherworldly Emmett Smith type, running backs don't last that long. Frank Gore's another and decline too. And he was in decline, Tony. Yes. At, at the time of, of that incident, Colin hey. Kaepernick, they keep mentioning him. They're like, well, where is Deshaun Watson? Get a job because Deshaun Watson is a very good quarterback. And Colin Kaepernick was not a good quarterback anymore. And what it comes down to in all types of sports is you throw the, not you as in the sports fan or the media member or anything is the team throws the morality out. They only use morality when they can use that as a uh, as, as a part of leverage. So you think about what happened in Penn State, and I mentioned that on the Mondays with Mazer podcast with Chad. Is that at Penn State the reason why? Do you think Spanier, Paterno, Curley, everybody at Penn State knew damn well what was going on with Jerry Sandusky, and they covered it up. And why? Because Penn State was going was going to bowl games, was going to national title game, was relevant every year. Then they joined the Big Ten, and they, they just ignored it. And they ignored it until they couldn't ignore it anymore. And that's when you realize that it, it it's all about winning games, and it's all about winning, which equals money, boosters, everything like that, alumni association. And you see this at, even more at a micro level of, for example, not far from us, about an hour or so away from where I'm broadcasting from in Steubenville, Ohio, there was a rape case that happened. And what happens is Steubenville is a big football town. And here we go. We have another case where, hey, we're going to ignore what's happening because it's about winning games. So when you look at professional sports, they're the biggest scumbags of them all. That they'll only use Black Lives Matter and racism if this is an opportunity for them to bludgeon other people, whether it's politically or socially. But when it comes to somebody like Deshaun Watson, they look and realize, hey, this guy's a pretty damn good quarterback. Eh, we'll kind of look the other way. Or what Haslam did is, you know, I don't want to I don't want to use the slave angle, but he essentially bought his his innocence, or at least his not guilty pleas. Jimmy Haslam bought Deshaun Watson here. And, and, and but he's not the first he, Tony, oh, no. he's you know, he's not the first. I, look, I know he's reprehensible and like you said, he's, he's Jerry Jones, poor man. Look, he's Jerry Jones without the love child. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to blame Jimmy that we know of. That we know of, yes. That we know of. Yeah, there you go. I'm not going to blame him for going after Deshaun Watson. And, and you just said he's an upgrade. He's an yes. upgrade from what you guys have had. And and that's fine. I don't blame the guy for going after that quarterback. And he's, I, and he's I, not, I like, he's not like the only one who went after him because if the Panthers exactly and the Saints weren't right. going to get him, there was going to be yes. half the league, if not more, was lining up to get Deshaun Watson. So what they're, uh, listen, they're showing is that they have no moral compass. And, and, and look, the whole league, all of them don't have a moral compass. The, the thing is, I think what's really shocking people, uh, Tony and Chad, is the amount of money and what's guaranteed. All of it, $230 million guaranteed. I think that's what's really, really um, – you know, bothering people or, or have people, you know, talking about this. It's it's all that guaranteed money. Do I blame Jimmy Haslam, the Browns, for going after him? Hell no. Yeah. Hell, if I was running a team you know, and needed a quarterback, I may have gone after him too. 
I'm no better, no better or worse than than than, than Haslam and, and the guys that are running the Browns. Go ahead, Chad. Since, since they don't have a moral compass, I think Jimmy Haslam should double down and get OJ Simpson to broadcast next to Jim Donovan. <laughs> exactly. He's great. <laughs> They Why not? They haven't oh, replaced Doug Deacon yet in the booth. May as well. Hey, Twitter world, I'm on the sidelines and the Browns, and they're taking on the Bills today, you know. Yeah, well, we got that. a good one today, OJ. We it's, got the Baltimore yeah. Ravens going up against the Cleveland Browns. So, well, <laughs> what's interesting in today's social media realm when you get, get back to talking about the, the morals is that people seem to expect more out of their actors, their uh, politicians, their – uh, athletes, they're entertainers. And that's what's going on nowadays is it's a very social media, social justice heavy uh, time. And I'm, I'm sympathetic towards people who've been, you know, assaulted sexually or just, you know, in general. Uh, and, you know, there's there's obviously ah. degrees that this is happening, whether it's a, a Bill Cosby level sure. or if it's a uh, Deshaun Watson where he's going to or you a know, Louis you know, or, 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 or a Louis level or, mm-hmm. or whatever. I well, mean, look, listen. There, there are di- these instances. Uh, there, there are a dime a dozen. Tony. Or a Dalia. Okay. I just want or to throw names yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a Callan. Glad you could make it, Chad. Um, <laughs> but you know, again, the moral issue. What moral issue? You know, they, really, for the most, they don't have morals. No. And I keep saying it. You know, it, it's it's any sport. Look, you just up and down any sport. Any any any. Of these professional athletes, and even even some of the minor leaguers, if you're reading what's happening there, you know the last few years. Wait a minute now, let's not forget the clubhouse attendance. You know the guy who killed the, the guy who uh, OD'd for the Angels. I mean, you know he got his drugs from the clubhouse attendance. Yeah, Tyler. Skaggs. Look at the '86. Yeah, look at the the '86 Mets. They're getting their drugs from the clubhouse attendant. I mean, I mean, morals. Yeah. I mean, what, what what are we well, talking about it, well, here? And when people are complaining it because you meant we were mentioning about Louie and Brian Callen and everybody is. What I find interesting is the there's also hypocrisy. This is where that nuance, when you talk about morality in in anything, where you look at it, there's there's nuances to other nuances. So when you talk about the people, because I see a lot of female sports fans in the last couple of years, because I don't know if they're truly about enjoying sports or if it's just a form of clout and everything online and influencing. But you have a lot of females that have come out and said, I was a Browns fan the last several years or several decades. I can't. I can't be a fan anymore. And you see this in other towns where, you know, how many Atlanta Falcons fans, females that love dogs that said, I'm burning my Michael Vick jersey because, you know, what ended up happening. Now, Michael Vick did serve time, too. So but when you talk about there is also hypocrisy on that end, too, because those same people who are boycotting teams like the Browns because or, or the Steelers because they have Ben Roethlisberger or anything across the league, they're the same people who were upset about Harvey Weinstein. And they were upset about the casting couch in Hollywood. Yet, sitting around the last two years during the pandemic, you watched everything that sexual assault has built upon in Hollywood. I mean, the casting couch has been around since Louis B. Mayer in the 1920s. This has been going on for so long, yet because of Harvey Weinstein, and there's plenty of other Harvey Weinsteins of a quid pro quo, you get on your knees, I'll get you in this movie. And yet people still go on and watch Hulu. They watch Netflix. They watch these movies. There's a lot of hypocrisy there, too. Well, let me, ahead, ask you, let me ask you both this, and uh, you, whoever wants to jump in. What do you think about the conspiracy theory? Because the Me Too movement was a thing, but you got to be honest. A lot, some of the Me Too shit was women trying to advance their careers, get noticed. So they were actually taken away from real victims. So what do you guys think about this Tony Busby lawyer 
being lawyer, a lawyer for all 22 plaintiffs and that Houston Texans owner is a piece of shit too. So oh. how do you, what do you guys think about him? Just possibly want to smear it, smear his name. Is he any, wait, 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 is he any different than Gloria Allred? No, he's not. All no. these women for how many years have hired Gloria Allred? Yeah. And this guy hoarded all 22 plaintiffs. All these years, you know, and rightfully so, you're allowed to hire whoever you want. But all, all those women were hiring one lawyer already. So now this other lawyer, as you just mentioned, Chad, got all those cases. Different than Gloria Allred for some odd years. Got all those cases. Yeah. Documented. Got all those. So um, I, I don't even know. I'm not sure I'm even answering your question, Chad. I have no problem with that one lawyer getting all those cases. Well, I know in certain situations, I've been a part of pylons and stuff, and I know what's right and what's wrong. There's no question Deshaun Watson's a piece of shit, and I'm all about consent, and I'm sure some of those women are telling the truth, but I also think there's probably some opportunists in the mix. Not saying it's right for what he did, but at the same time, everyone's trying to get a, a, a payday here, everybody in a weird way. Yeah. Go ahead, Tony. Well, and also there's there's another angle to this where there's also a racial angle is that you know, I, I I'm gonna be I'm not gonna lie. I think if if Deshaun Watson was named Sean Watson, I, I don't know if and he's a white guy, I don't know if he would survive a lot of this. And if he did, you would hear nothing but oh, it's white privilege that he was able to come back. Well, I think that there's there's so many different yeah, where angles. Where is believe all women? Where's believe all women right now? Well it, it gets thrown out the window depending on who's in charge. So believe all women is there because Louis is a a white man, even though he's Mexican technically, but it's there's so many different factors in here that, and I, and I want to bring this to the Baker Mayfield thing, because I've been somebody that I supported Baker Mayfield when he was in college. I thought for a guy who was undrafted, he was playing at Texas Tech, he transfers and, uh, you know, doesn't want to play with Cliff Kingsbury, ends up going to Oklahoma as a walk-on and becomes a Heisman Trophy winner to the point where he's drafted first overall by the Browns in 2018. If you listen to local or national media, at least local in Cleveland or national media, they're making it seem like Baker Mayfield is like Gus Farratt or like worse than him. Like he's a he's a bum of a quarterback, like a a, a, a Joey Harrington, um, not Joey Heatherton, um, but like a lot of these like bum quarterbacks. And I'm sorry, but Baker's rookie season, he was a rookie of the year uh, level type of guy. His second season took a step back because he had a horrible coach. Then his third year takes him to the playoffs. So a team that in 2017 was 0-16 and one of the worst teams of all time, by the next year already puts them in possible position to be in the playoffs. And then last year, he ends up getting hurt in game two. In a, in a game, by the way, he in game two, throws an interception that wasn't even his fault, then tries to play hero ball and make a tackle, hurts his shoulder, then a couple of weeks later further hurts it against Arizona, and is not the same quarterback throughout the season. So now national pundits are to the point where it almost seems like Baker's being blackballed right now and, and saying that he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. It's like, well, yeah, he was playing injured. And I saw Adam Shine, who's on uh, CBS, and by the way, that's his last name. He's not a black guy. Um, <laughs> that's a Geno joke. Uh, was basically saying that he's a 33rd quarterback ranked in the league. And I put together a list of quarterbacks. I think Baker is still better than, especially a healthy Baker is better than. I think Baker right now is better than Cam Newton, Sam Darnold. 
I'd even go as far as Jameis Winston, Tua, uh, Davis um, Mills. Kaepernick. Uh, well, Kaepernick, oh. of course. Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, even Ryan Tannehill. And to say that Baker's just a bum of a quarterback, and now all these teams, whether it's the Colts, the Seahawks, the Panthers, they're all saying, yeah, no, we don't want him, to the point where now the the narrative is that Baker's not even good enough to play in the CFL. I I, I don't think that's the case. I'm a guy that I understand that he had, a, he had a pretty poor season, and a lot of that was his doing because of his hard-headedness. He played himself off of the team by playing injured, and the Plus team he just kind of let him it. go. He doesn't keep his mouth shut either. He he it, even when no, we're winning, he can't it's help great. Himself. Yeah, and but when you're losing, it, it, the owners, everybody, like shut the fuck up. That's what they're thinking. Yeah, I mean that's that's fine. But it, when you're winning, people like that out of your quarterback. They like, oh, he's sassy. He's going after everybody. But when you're losing, it grates on people. And I understand that. I'm a pretty realistic guy when it comes to Baker. But it was clear he was playing injured last year. And Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry, the general manager, instead of saying, look, you're a franchise quarterback. You took us to the playoffs a year ago. You won a playoff game in Pittsburgh. Uh, you're a franchise guy. We need to shut you down for whether it's a, a couple of weeks to a month. Let your shoulder heal. And we want to see that Baker come back. Instead, they're like, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. We'll see. And what do they do? He essentially played his way off of the team. And now they get the you know they get their their guy into Sean Watson right now. I just think that Baker's getting a raw deal from uh, the entire league and especially the Browns right now. You know what, Tony? You're, you're probably right because there's you know there are so much so many things you know being said about him that are that are negative. But look, Seattle, Carolina is a spot to to, to look out for for, for for Baker. Wouldn't shock me if he's in, if he's in Carolina. I, I heard heavy on Seattle last night, but I don't know if you, you know, you, you, you kind of said Seattle's not an option. So I, I don't know if something's changed with, uh, you know, the Seahawks. We should have had Peter Piscante on to, uh, to talk about that. But this guy, you gets know, look, it. I think there's, I, I think there's some, um, I, I think there's some great spots left for Baker. I think Baker uh, it, it is better than, than those quarterbacks you just mentioned, in my mind, without a doubt. So I, I agree with you. I think wherever he ends up next, as long as he's not in a situation that Burrow was in last season with a, no offensive line, you know, it's just you know, your quarterback can, I don't know who you are, cannot be successful if you're getting crushed and rushed, you know, every time you, you drop back. It's, it's just not going to work. He's going to find a spot. And, and I think we're, I think the best of Baker Mayfield is yet to come if he gets the coaching. And, and and he goes in a situation that he's he's not running for his life, you know. Every time he drops back, in the you know right, I, you in know, the right I system. like Baker. I like Baker because he doesn't rape. Yeah, it's, he's not he's not a <laughs> rapist. Yeah, rape, yeah. God, <laughs> God forbid, he's a hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> the, Baker's got to be in that right system because what you saw in the not first raping. year when he was a rookie, he had Ken Zampezi who made mediocre quarterbacks good. That good sounds like an alias. Great. Ken <laughs> he's he's a guy that he's a he was a very good quarterbacks coach who who took John Kitna from being kind of a bum to being a pretty good quarterback. He took Andy Dalton from being basically Brandon Whedon to being a Pro Bowler. He's a, he's a good uh, Carson Palmer. He he did a, a great job with Ken Zampezi is a very good quarterbacks coach, and that was Baker's quarterback coach in his first year. Then Zampezi 
gets kind of tossed tossed to the side by 2019, and they bring in Freddie Kitchens with Ryan Lindley, former bum quarterback, to be his quarterback coach, and you saw the regression happen. So, yes, you have to be in the right system for you to succeed in any quarterback. And the way I saw it with Baker is that last year's system – where you have a Browns team, you have Kareem Hunt, again, another guy who was uh, an upstanding citizen kicking women in hotel rooms, uh, and Nick Chubb, who's a great one, a top five running back, in my opinion, in the NFL. But your offense with Kevin Stefanski is geared towards a three tight end set. Tight ends are the easiest position to cover on the field if you're passing to them. They had no receivers. Odell Beckham quit on the team for the past two and a half years. Jarvis Landry's injured. He's beat up, and he now he's gone. So your best receiver was a kick returner from Michigan and Donovan Peoples-Jones. And you want to throw the ball 50 times a game to tight ends, to Austin Hooper, who can't catch, to David Njoku, who has stone hands. And then anytime that offense ended up getting down by seven points, he's abandoning the running game. It, Nick Tony, Chubb's getting 10 carries a game. That's that's ridiculous. That's embarrassing. And Tony, how, co- how come my easy Zampezi never caught on? I be, he just he hasn't <laughs> he hasn't gotten his just due. He hasn't gotten his just desserts there. <laughs> I just I just think Baker in a lot Listen, of ways, you know, is is he God's gift to quarterback? No, but I always look at what happened with Alex Smith. And Alex Smith was a guy that it went through Bad coaching with uh, with Mike Singletary and whatever, whoever else was there in the mid-2000s and with the 49ers, and it took him several years. He ended up getting benched for guys like J.T. O'Sullivan, Troy Smith, just a, a career bums because they didn't like Alex Smith. And again, another first overall draft Look. pick. It took a quarterback, somebody who believed in him and Jim Harbaugh, to say, hey, this guy actually has what it takes. Let me work with him. So he did. Alex Smith takes... Three teams to playoffs, the 49ers, the Chiefs, and Washington, whatever they want to call themselves now. And Redskins. Alex Smith turned into turned into having a very good career because you had a quarterback uh, coach or a, a former coach or a former quarterback who became a coach to believe in him. Maybe that's what it's going to take for somebody like Baker. But until well, then, he's he might end up being a career backup or have to play in the CFL. Mm-hmm. Now, now, listen. Baker's going to be a starter next season. He's going to be a starter. Look at his look at his contract, which which is guaranteed. It's eighteen point nine million dollars. Mm-hmm. That listen, that's a cap friendly hit for a starter. And everything you had just said, Tony, think about it. Taking teams to playoffs when he's healthy, you know, you know, uh, um, you know. I, I just, I'm, I'm bullish. I'm bullish on Baker. We need t-shirts. Bullish yep. on Baker. He's going to be a starter somewhere. I, I, I prefer okay. easy Zampezi. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, there you go. He's going to be a starter somewhere, and and, and it's a cap friendly, uh, it's a cap friendly contract for a, a starting quarterback. And and remember, what's it? It's his fifth year, right? Is it the the last of the rookie contract? Yeah. Yep. Fifth year. So okay. So so a team, as long as they're not giving up a lot, is not married to him long term. No. So take a flyer. Take a flyer on them. Cleveland. uh, Let me say this because, Tony, you're closer to the Cleveland media than I am. Um, What is uh, the word? Was was he going to sit out anyway? Is that why they they threw the kitchen sink at Deshaun Watson? Did Baker report? Because I heard Jimmy Haslam was going to fly to Texas to talk with him, and he declined, and he said he was going to sit out. So they went full on Deshaun Watson. Is that why he got the contract he did? No. 
uh, sorry, Tony, I'm going to jump no, in. Go for what it. I, what I read. Yeah. What I read, Chad was uh, that the trip was canceled. Once charges were not being brought against Watson, once that cleared and it was only, I'll say only civil issues. That's when the Browns canceled their trip to Mayfield and went all in. Um, yeah. To Mayfield and went all in on Watson. And Baker's still recovering from his shoulder surgery. So he was January, going to be out yeah. several months anyways into training camp. And he was, I think there was possibilities of him sitting out training camp and mini camp and OTAs and everything anyways. And I don't know how well that sat with the Browns anyways, but you know, he's, he's still recovering. And so the Browns would have been in the same position with their starting quarterback, not starting. Well, possibly because here's here, here's what's going to happen is that, well, this came out, I believe yesterday that Baker's camp expected the Browns to bring in uh, Kirk Cousins. That's what they expected. And it makes mm-hmm. sense because Kevin Stefanski has been with basically one team his entire career, and that was Minnesota. Minnesota. Well, who is the Browns' backup quarterback right now, or at least was up until just a couple of days ago, was Case Keenum, former Minnesota Viking quarter, or quarterback. And it seemed like Stefanski wanted to turn the Browns into the, you know, the Cleveland Vikings in that way. And so I think Baker kind of read the tea leaves and said, eh, well, seems like they're going to bring in Kirk Cousins and that's going to be it for me. So he put his he put his goodbye to Cleveland letter out there. Little did he realize, I think, at that time in his camp that the Browns were, were going to throw, like you said, the kitchen sink at Deshaun Watson, a guy who hasn't played in a year. And uh, he was pr- kind of blindsided by that. So what do they do? They bring in Jacoby Brissett, who is probably, if – if Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended, Jacoby Brissett is going to be your week one starter for the I'm Cleveland Browns next year. I hear he stinks. <laughs> I hear he stinks. He's not very good. I mean, he's bounced around from team to team. And you're going to tell me that Baker's and guess where I heard that from. Just take a wild guess where I heard that from. Let me guess. His wife. <laughs> no, Tony had it. Jacoby Brissett. He's not good. He stinks. He's never been good. He's been uh, Jacoby Brissett's what on his fourth team in like five years right now. It, 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 yeah, it, 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 it's something like that. I, I, like I said, Baker's going to end up in a spot, and he's going to be he's going to be the starter. And you know, uh, you know, Watson at some point <laughs> will, will be the starter. You know, for for, uh, for for Cleveland. And I think Chad, you said before. I think when on a Mondays with Mazer, not the most recent one, but maybe the one before. I forget the one before. You know, people forget. Cleveland people will forget they're winning. The Browns are winning. They're not going to care. And, and and I think that's it's that way for, for any franchise. But if the, um, if the Browns are winning, massages for everybody. That's absolutely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say happy endings for, for everybody. But that too. You know, yeah, yeah. What is the yeah, massage you know, parlor situation in Cleveland? Tony, you would know. Uh, I don't know. I usually go to the place with the Asians at the mall. You would. No, <laughs> I, I was going to the mall and I paid 20 bucks for them to just put their elbow in my lower back. And uh... <laughs> yeah, they tell you it's their elbow. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because you, you when you look, oh, by the way, I looked up Ken Zampezi. He's the quarterbacks coach right now for the Washington Commanders. So now he has Heineke and now he has Wentz to deal with. So. You know, could he work his magic and uh, and be the coach to kind of turn around Carson Wentz? Even though Carson Wentz had a pretty good year last year, it just four went to, to one, four to one ratio, touchdowns to interceptions, threw for a lot of yards. You know, um, listen, people can hate on him all they want. Those last two games, especially the last oh, yeah. one against Jacksonville, he was terrible. That left was a left hand pass that he's being sacked in the end zone. 
turns into a, 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 a like Florentine would say, ah, oh, pick six. I hate to pick six. You know, uh, it, it's just, li- li- listen, I, I, I think he has some ability to, let's see what the, you know, the Redskins can, can do with him. I'm really seeing what Matt Ryan does with the Colts. Colts are, they're a win now team. And, 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 you know, Matt Ryan still has some tread, uh, you know, on, on those tires. I, I believe, I mean, I, I still think he's a, a good leader. He's a very good quarterback. Um, I, I think the Colts are really a, a team to watch. Um, I think everyone kind of won Ryan. Denver, the Colts, Tampa Bay, everyone kind of won green Bay. Like they all got their guys for the Seattle most part. Didn't. But Seattle's in a weird rebuilding mode, even though they just signed somebody to a ridiculous contract that normal rebuilding teams don't. But I think, yeah, everybody but Seattle decided to upgrade, and especially Pittsburgh in the AFC right now. And Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh got Trubisky, and at this point, I think Trubisky is still a better quarterback than what what you saw at Roethlisberger the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And and, and look at Trubisky's numbers, too. Again, you know, he he was on some – uh, bad Bears teams, and, and at times he played badly. But you, you look at his numbers, and they're 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 better than a lot of the guys that are that are starting now. Um, so I I think he's going to be fine in Pittsburgh. How does Deshaun Watson hold uh, handle the cold weather by the lake, Tony? Uh, I, well, I mean, again, it, it's all question marks until we know what his status is going to be if he's going to play. I mean, because you think about it, if he's going to be suspended the first. Eight games, four games, six games. Well, in Cleveland, Ohio, the first four games are usually pretty good weather. After that, it's not good. And in fact, the last time uh, he was playing in colder weather, Deshaun Watson was playing for the Texans against the Cleveland Browns. Had a pretty terrible game against them back in 2020. The Browns actually beat him of all teams. And uh, which, uh, and and also, uh, it's a, you know, Deshaun Watson's a guy that he's a Clemson guy. He's played in a dome his first four seasons in the league. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what you have with those cold winters because you think about it, you know, we, we can talk about all those cold teams, but who was the last – this is actually an interesting topic because I see this. I'm in Big Ten country right now, so I have Ohio State that's just down the, down the street, essentially. I'll be there this weekend. Uh, Penn State, you have Michigan State, Michigan, Indiana. Who was the last great Big Ten quarterback? I mean, if we're going back to Drew Brees and Tom Brady, the best quarterback, that, and, and I'm not even, by the way, I'm not going to count Russell Wilson because he only played one year at Nebraska. Uh, the best Big Ten quarterback of the last 20 years since Brady and Brees is probably Kirk Cousins. And so when we talk about those Drew quarterbacks, Henson. what's that? Drew Henson. He, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's uh, Josh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, was it Josh Booty? Or was he, I forgot where he was. Uh but there's a lot Josh of those Cribs, guys. Kent State University, quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Ju- Julian Edelman. <laughs> Julian Edelman. But it, it, I think a lot of that when you talk about, uh, oh, well, it, it's going to be, how can a, a guy who was drafted out of Florida be a good quarterback in the North? I, I don't know if I, I take a lot of stock into it because I see a lot of quarterbacks who came out of the Big Ten uh, who are playing that in that climate who just aren't really that good. And there really hasn't been many big 10 quarterbacks that have done yeah, anything in the last 20 years. Right. I th- Again, Rack I me. think they should triple down and not only get OJ Simpson for the broadcasting booth with Jim Donovan, but hire Ray Rice as a consultant. Ray Carruth on the sidelines is a, uh, be- well, Ray, Rice, Ray Rice is working. Is he still working for the Ravens? You know, the Ravens hired him back. I think he's in, 
community relations or whatever. I, I know he was there for, for, for quite a while. Perfect for community relations. He was the nicest yeah. guy when I was in NFL locker Absolutely. rooms. When I was in NFL locker rooms for several years, Ray Rice was the nicest guy to me. Like I was working for Yahoo Sports at the time, and I was asking him for an interview, and we had a great conversation. Uh, and then he had to go because he said he had diarrhea. But it was funny because I was so – I'm like, wow, Ray Rice, that guy was a really nice George guy. Brett. And then less than two years later, here comes that video. The same well, the time same- in the same locker room, Ed Reed was a fucking asshole to me. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Ed Reed? Ed Reed, yeah. <laughs> but uh, – oh, I, I wanted to bring this up, uh, kind of switching gears as we say in radio. What do you guys think of the shakeup in the broadcast booth that's happening? Well, I, I, it, look, look at the money being thrown around. Look what, yeah, I, I look, you know, Amazon now with um, Al Michaels. Oh God, I'm, Al Michaels, you know, big money. He's going to be with Kirk Herbstreet. I don't know how. I mean, I've, I've seen Herbstreet with the with the uh, you know college. I'm, I'm not a big Herbstreet fan. That's going to be interesting seeing Michaels. But you know, you got the Fox booth now reincarnated in, in ESPN. Look at the money being thrown around big money being thrown around you know so yeah a lot of um a lot of changes but the, the shocking thing tony to me is, is the amount of money it's just amazing and remember it all kicked off it all kicked off with tony romo when cbs signed him to that huge contract but that went right up troy aikman's ass that really bothered troy aikman for a long time well, since I'm woke, Chad, uh, I only watched the NFL 360 broadcast booth with Andrea Kramer and Hannah Storm. Oh, good. That's the only one I'm concerned with. I watched the Nickelodeon one. <laughs> it's you know, it's, I, so for me, it's the, the yeah, it's, it's the morning show on Disney Plus when they start talking about you know the the changes and you know the, the goings on in the NFL. Disney Plus in the early morning, you gotta check that oh, out. Oh, good. Let's I get, can't wait. Let's get back to the broadcasting booth of Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart. I think it's. No, anyways, I I will say I am so I've always said this about Joe Buck, because I know there's a lot of people who hate Joe Buck and I can't I can't stand Joe Buck in baseball. Freddie Lang likes him. I think I think in football, I think he's fantastic. I think he's a great play by play guy. And I think he has a good rapport with Troy Aikman in baseball. I think because it's a slow moving game, he runs out of things to talk about. So he thinks he tries to be Vin Scully and come up with these anecdotes, and they just all fall flat. But I've always thought he was a very good football announcer, which is odd because his dad was a great baseball announcer. Um, but yeah. I thank God that I can – If so this is an exclusive deal with ESPN. So he's done with Fox Sports, right? You know, I, I, I don't know that. I hope I, so. I, I don't know. I, I know he was um, – there were some certain Fox things that he still wanted to do, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. He could probably do NFL Network, but I'm trying to think. He worked for Fox Sports through the okay through the inception of 2022, so that means he's done with Fox Sports, which I love because as a guy who loves you know broadcasting and and following the broadcasters, the days of like I mean Bob Costas when he was at least doing World Series games or Vince Scully or Jack Buck or. Switched it up. Al Michaels did the 89 World Series, and he also called a couple of uh, Sean McDonough when it was on CBS in, in baseball. I want to hear different voices. Oh, yeah. And in baseball, for the last almost 25 years, has been Joe Buck, Joe Buck, Joe Buck. Every yeah, single year, yeah. I'm tired of it. 
And I, I want to hear somebody, whether it's a well, Matt Vaskersian, whether it's, uh, you know, wh- whoever else can do the games. I'm just so tired of hearing Joe Buck calling every major sporting event the last 25 years. Well, CNN and CBS try to mix it up with their NCAA tournament coverage and getting Rex Chapman, and he's doing a great job. Yeah, he's really stealing money from them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, just, look, just getting back to Costas, you mentioned Bob Costas. I really enjoy him and Jim Cott on the NFL, yes. uh, on the um, MLB network when they, when they do games. And I, I know Cott's schedule, he's in his mid seventies, I think, or late seventies. Um, I, I know his schedule, you know, he, for obvious reasons, his age is, is you know, he reduced it. I, I hope they do games because Costas and, and Cott together in baseball are, are really good. Just a side note and a friend of the show, you know who Bob Costas, favorite comedian is one of them, Jim Florentine. Oh, really? There you go. True story. I, I know he's a huge Gilbert Gottfried fan. He's been on Gilbert's podcast a couple of times. Yeah. Um, but you know, when it comes to broadcasting, I just – I enjoy it. That's the thing about Al Michaels is Al Michaels and Bob Costas, for my age, I'm 34, so they're like kind of the voice of my childhood. Massive amounts of games that they were calling in the 90s, in the late 80s, early 2000s. These were the voices of my childhood that you knew that when when you heard Bob Costa saying, you're looking live at uh, Three Rivers Stadium, you're like, oh, this must be a big event because Bob Costas is calling it. Brent Musburger is known for that line. Oh, yeah. that Going yeah. back to the 70s. You are looking live. Yes, at yes, Texas Brent Musburger. You're, you're, looking, yeah. you're looking live at a, at a cheerleader's cleavage over at the sidelines at <laughs> USC. <laughs> Well, guys, I know uh, we're up against it. At least I am. I'm going on my third fucking podcast, and I got to get some shit done. Uh, but it was great to weigh in on these issues. Uh, again, Tony Mazur will be broadcasting this on Check Your Brain. Go ahead and plug that for you. Yeah, this will end. be on the Patreon tomorrow, which is Wednesday, and it'll also be on my free podcast, which wherever you get your podcasts, uh, just look up Check Your Brain. My Patreon is 5 bucks a month at patreon.com slash Tony Mazur. And, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's a nice conversation that we've had here. A little bit of sports, a little bit of everything here. Yeah, we still got the Rack Me podcast Patreon going. We're going to put this one out for free, too, just so you guys can get a little taste, a little taste of the insight we bring. And uh, you can always follow us on social media. I got stand-up dates. I'm going to be announcing those pretty soon. I'm going to be busy the month of April and May, so I'll be all over. Check out chadzumach.com for all the dates. Ken, what do you got the plug? What do you got over there in Atlantic City? Jim Florentine, April 19th and 20th in Atlantic City. I saw him in Pennsylvania a few weeks ago, so I'll probably catch his act one of those nights. And comedians in the compound. In our backyard. You have comedians yeah, in the I compound. Be, yeah, well, that's coming. That's coming too. Um, I don't know if I'll be there for that. I think we're. I, I, I think we're. We got some golf planned. I, I do know that we have some golf planned, but I don't know if I'll be going to those shows. But hey, every Thursday in April. There's a show at AC Jokes, and I think a former co-host of this program will be down here Ooh. for four straight Thursdays. Oh, my God. I saw that. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I won't, I won't be attending. All right, guys. <laughs> neither uh, neither will I. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, for Tony Mazur, Ken Mosca, I'm Chad Zumach. Thank you so much for listening and watching. That's the Rack Me Football Podcast. Good night, everybody.